Welcome to Crystallizing Conversations. Join your hosts, Jillian Aurelia Green and Iris Unique as we explore the tools, pathways, and possibilities for healing and expansion. Through the warmth of easy conversation, we'll be delving into magic, mental health, and more. This is your time to learn about yourself, each other, and of course, the crystals that support us along the way. This isn't just a podcast. It's a community of your closest spiritual friends. Let's grow together. Welcome Hello, back. everybody. <laughs> Welcome. Right. This is our second episode, which is very exciting. And this Super is the episode excited. where we're going to break down a lot of information for you. This but, is, but this all is, in a fun way. It's not going to be a fun too way, crazy. But this is, this is going to be an information bomb. So, yeah. for all of you human design one lines out there, prepare to celebrate. <laughs> so, in and this episode, me, if you're like me, whatever that means. <laughs> We'll get it. That's another episode. We're another episode. Another episode. Design. I think you are a. Oh gosh, now I'm trying to remember. I think you're a four six. I, I'd be pretty sure I'm four six from yeah. what you've told me. Yeah, <laughs> what you've shown me is. Just anyway, me. so back back <laughs> to this episode. Yes. So we are going to be focusing for our second our second episode here on how to work with crystals and how crystals work with us. So we'll yeah. be talking a bit about. The history of crystal usage among yeah, hominids. Yeah, just a little brief history. <clears throat> yep, a little history uh, lesson on crystals. That's a, that. I'm in school. I hated history personally for some what? reason. What? But when it comes oh, to crystals, I'm I like, ooh, this is cool. <laughs> so yeah. And then we'll also be diving into the science. And I'll be I'll be honest, science was not my favorite subject. But when it came, especially chemistry, God, I hate chemistry. But when it came to my geology class and when it came to my biology classes, I biology. I loved oh. them. Yes. Because totally. you had a you had a context. It was it was it was amazing. And then my my cousin is was a was his doctorate, I think it's quantum physics. So I used to talk to him about all Ooh, that fun science. stuff. <laughs> Quote unquote fun stuff. Fun stuff, yes. Yeah. Let's melt melt our brains. But yeah, let's get into a little bit of the uh the brief so history. Let's, let's start, yeah, let's start at yeah. the beginning. The actual the actual beginning. We're gonna have another episode about how crystals form and what they are and geology and all of that. So when we say beginning in this context, we mean when did hominids, because it's actually before Homo sapiens, when did hominids begin to to utilize uh crystals and stones as tools? Yeah. I mean, did you want to go into that part? <laughs> sure. The very, very beginning? Sure. <laughs> In the beginning, there yes. was a crystal and there was a not quite human yet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So while flint was in usage, I mean, I think at least like a million years ago, um, the first known usage of, of a quote unquote crystal, technically it's not a crystal, it's it's a volcanic glass, but for the sake of this, this argument, yeah. we're gonna say we're gonna say a crystal. Yeah, but yeah, we work with was in Kenya seven hundred thousand years ago. I can't even like. Can we pause and think of what seven hundred thousand years ago is? Like, that's I insane. Can, I can't conceptualize I can't, it yeah, personally. Right? No, I'm just like trying to. Oh yeah, seven hundred thousand years ago, no big deal. Okay, continue. Sorry, but they found. <laughs> They found remains of of Homo erectus skeletons with 
obsidian tools, uh, arrowheads, as well as knives for carving. So we know that quote unquote crystal usage was dates back all the way, all the way to then. But it wasn't until at around 40,000 BCE mm-hmm. that there seems to have been this mass creative shift. And that's when we really started to begin I guess seeing now is where we're excavating these these burial sites, um, where crystals and stones started to be carved not just as tools but as jewelry, as adornment, as ceremonial objects that they were valued for what they were and for what beliefs people had about them instead of just what they physically could do in terms of you know like protection. Um, so the oldest one that's been found so far, at least as of as of my my research, you know, this week mm-hmm. um, was around <laughs> forty thousand years ago, and in Siberia they found the remains of a Denisovian woman. A Den- Denisovian is like Homo erectus; it's another uh, hominid cousin, not yet Homo sapien yet. Um, and she was found with this actually intricately carved serpentine bracelet. Oh, right, that is beautiful. <laughs> around around the same time. There were amber beads, and those date back to about thirty and around the same time, ten thousand years we were later. Twinsies. I know. <laughs> so there, there have been, especially in terms of more like Norwegian area, they have found numerous amber beads um, with it within burial sites. So that's thirty thousand years ago, um, and then quartz, quartz jewelry, and talismans and carvings dating not long after that humans and and hominid cousins shall we say uh clearly as we're you know finding more and more and excavating more and more of these of these burial sites valuing the stones and the crystals um but you know those we're just like it's also a bit of conjecture right we're just we're, we're thinking this is what's going on but it really wasn't until the invention of writing that we actually now have documented proof of people's beliefs about crystals and that they really did think that crystals could be utilized for ritual purposes, for protective purposes, for um, for ceremonial purposes, and for medicinal purposes. Mm-hmm. So I know you had mentioned we were talking earlier about the the ancient Sumerians. Yeah, yeah. So they were using them um, in fourth millennium BC, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, using crystals for their magic formulas. And then I was doing a little bit of research into the ancient Greeks, and I found this to be super interesting that the word crystal comes from the Greek word for ice, because they believe that clear quartz was water that had frozen so deeply that it would always remain solid. I thought that was so cool. Like I had never realized in all these years of working with crystals that it came mm. from the ancient Greeks. Um, and then the same with the word hematite comes the, from the Greek word for blood because of the red color. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was the other one? Oh, amethyst, which I feel like a lot of us are familiar with this. Is with that the, the legend. Amethyst means not drunk and mm-hmm. is the legend for one of their Greek goddesses. Gods. Um, so they would yep. wear it as an amulet to prevent drunkenness and hangovers. So little hangover yeah. cure. little hangover cure. <laughs> Doing all the other things. Get your little amethyst out. <laughs> um, I know. I, then- I, have, I have so many clients who... It's you know it's it's a joke because one of the one of the properties dating back all the way to ancient Greece uh, for for amethyst is that it helps with addiction and everyone's like but it doesn't help with crystal addiction yeah. <laughs> nope does it, not it, do that it is immune it, to it, itself it, yeah. yes 
I know I've had that request numerous times. Um, can you let me know which crystal is good for, you know, addiction to crystals for and buying, buying for many? buying too many crystals? And they're like, unfortunately, so, yeah, <laughs> no. Um, but around, yeah, so you know, the ancient world, the documented ancient world, not the you know, we're moving past the Neolithic. So we have the ancient Sumerians, we have the ancient Greeks, we have the ancient Egyptians as well. Yes. Uh, and the ancient Egyptians left a lot of information, not just in terms of their own um, hieroglyphics of books that they've left, the tablets that they've left, but in their own in their own sarcophagi. I mean, they're the walls, literally not the, just the sarcophagi, but but the 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 burial sites, like the the pyramids and the temples, where crystals are being shown to protect within the afterlife, where they would carve. I know, like King um, Pharaoh. Tutankhamun had this huge Libyan desert glass, which is a type of tectite that is found near Egypt. Uh, this giant piece that had been carved into into a scarab because it was associated with the sun and with that, you know, also the pharaoh. And and so they really used crystals as amulets for luck and healing and protection. But I know that they also used them as elixirs. They would grind them into powders to consume, whether that's a good idea or not, most likely not. Um, <laughs> and then you were saying their, their makeup? Yeah. So they would actually grind um, malachite and galena, which I can totally understand why, because they're both very beautiful, sparkly stones. They would ground them up to use as eyeshadow back in the day. So Amazing. we'll get a little bit more into that later, but yeah, it's just, and oh, and a, another point that I found when it came to the ancient Egyptians is that green stones in general were used to signify the heart of the deceased and were included in burials. And then green stones were used in a similar way at a later period in ancient Mexico. And today when we associate green stones, we also associate them with the heart. So I found that to be so mm. interesting that the ancient Egyptians, you know, Egypt, Mexico, and even us today, we all have this resonance that the green represents the heart. Mm, that's one so of the beautiful. colors. Anyway. Yeah. So I think that's super amazing. It's that is beautiful. I love that right? fact. Thank you. I'm <laughs> yeah. going to store that away and, and bring it out at parties. Right. <laughs> so what we're seeing here, and then Exactly what you said about you know the in ancient in ancient Mexico in in, in Central America in South America crystals we have um, chrysocolla in the ancient Incan civilizations in Central America we have uh, turquoise and jadeite or jade and both all of those were considered very holy stones and that they could be utilized. Um, for ceremonial purposes, there are many, many tools that have been found, including um, like death masks or ritual items, cups that are used to gather blood <laughs> during sacrifices, <laughs> things, things like that. But it's, but it's amazing yeah. that like crystals inherently mean that there's it's something to be to be revered. In in mm -hmm. China, we have jade being seen uh, being utilized as a protective protective advice. Um, as well as an amulet that could be used for long life, for health, uh, for luck. Good luck. So yeah. it's it's amazing to me that all of these similar remedies and rituals and tools and magic imbued jewelry and talisman carvings were found basically everywhere. So we've got turquoise in the Mongolian steppes and jade in the Chinese palaces and more turquoise. <laughs> so all these ancient stones were amazing. We have. Examples of that for the ancient Mayans, Ayurvedic medicine in ancient India also references 
crystalline associations and remedies. Um, basically, it's 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 just it blows my it's mind been that anywhere human history anywhere humans long. have been and crystals could be found, they have been utilized and revered and have associations beyond. Just their beauty. Yeah, and exactly. Amazing I think that's me. amazing, especially when we hear the term new age, because <laughs> for a while, like we had mentioned in um, in our introduction episode about how when we first started with crystals, people were like, oh, that's what do you mean crystals? That's a little weird. So woo woo. And I'm like, literally <laughs> the entirety of human history, history yes. prehistory has been adorned by crystals. And that's yeah. beautiful. It's like, amazing. This isn't anything new. And in fact, a lot of the properties that we we think of today that you can look up in books date back to these early belief systems, to the ancient Romans, to the ancient Greeks, to the ancient Chinese, and even back further than that. Yeah, so it's amazing. And even so, even in the Bible, right? Oh, yeah. Even in the Bible, right? We're talking about like, this is a thing where people <laughs> are like, eh, it's like, though I know. And if you are Christian, amazing, beautiful. Um, but I know there are some there are some hardliners like, oh, that's witchcraft. And it's like even in the Bible, there are examples of crystal usage. Aaron's breastplate. Um, Aaron had Aaron in the Old Testament had had a breastplate with twelve stones, and each stone. And it's actually documented what these stones are. Some of them, the interpretation, we're not entirely sure, but some of them are are clearly sardonics, amethyst. Some of them are very easy to tell what they are. And each stone represented a tribe. Each stone represented the strengths and abilities of a different tribe. So we already have these associations. And it was arranged in a geometrical shape. We're literally reading <laughs> in the Old Testament about an ancient and very powerful crystal grid that could be worn for protection and for protection for the people. And how amazing so is that? awesome. I love that. That is so uh, cool. Also in the Bible, there's a mention of, um, which is actually brought up in in The Alchemist, since we brought that, we were talking about that in our last episode, yeah. um, Urim and Thummim, which was a white stone and a black stone. And they were used by ancient priests for divination. And when we're talking like crystals being used for divination in ancient Israel by ancient Israelite priests, and it's recorded in the Bible as but something some that as something that is holy. It's a bad thing. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> so but it, it's it's amazing yeah. how there's there's all of this documentation. Whenever people could document, crystals were there, and I think that's really really so beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. I love it. Just crystals everywhere throughout history, and we've brought up some of the different reasons why the ancient people would use crystals but mm -hmm. what about us today like how what does it mean for us today to work with crystals and i'm saying that out loud like <laughs> yes i mean i feel like for our listeners it would be a good idea for us to kind of dive into that a little bit i because i feel i feel like it would be helpful if we're talking about how crystals how we can work with crystals is first to to find out how does this even how does this even work? How do crystals bit actually affect us? So this yeah. is going to be a little bit of science. And by little, I mean like a page that I've written here. <laughs> <laughs> but that's fine. So there's there's a number of reasons I think why, why people are drawn to crystals. If we're looking at just like our brain, how why do they make us feel better? And I think one of the things is what you brought up is that they're pretty. Mm -hmm. People like things that are pretty. They make us feel better better. Yeah. <laughs> There's things it's like being in know, nature, beautiful trees to look at. And exactly. And so, and whatever. yeah. 
you know, the, there's color and there's sparkle. And actually, fun fact, um, the reason why humans are drawn to things that are sparkly is because it triggers its evolutionary advantage that we have developed so that we notice water, the light reflecting off water, because water is so important to us. So our brain mm -hmm. has evolved to notice things that sparkle because it's most likely sun off water. But, so but, cool. now it's, but now it's crystals. <laughs> but now it's crystals. But it's, but it's amazing that I our brain is literally, <laughs> our brain is literally comfort, like activated and comforted by things that sparkle. Oh, because so it's like, we are safe. There is water nearby. Yeah. I and love I, that. It's kind of, you know, it's like, <laughs> even if there isn't water nearby, it's still like a kind of fun hack. Like you're hacking your brain of like, things right. that are sparkly, I will pay attention. I, and I will be comforted because I'm safe. Totally. That totally goes along with fairy dust too. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that fact. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so let's let's dive in now. Now now we've like briefly touched on brains. Let's dive into the the quantum, the quantum physics, right? A lot. I get I get this question a lot. It's like, how do people, why does this even work? Why is, isn't it just woo-woo? But what's neat is that the more that is being discovered with quantum physics, the more we are understanding how right the ancient peoples were not in everything but in terms of many indigenous cultures understanding of energy and energetics and the connection between everything mm -hmm. so a brief history of of crystal and quantum physics all matter all matter is vibrating right einstein einstein has proven this all matter is vibrating Everything literally is made up of energy. And according to the law of resonance, which I love this law, everything in the universe communicates with one another through vibrations. And you can even look at this as a very, very simple, I am communicating to you, Iris. I am communicating to literally everyone who is listening to this by producing vibrations. I am literally with my vocal cords producing sound waves, and that is how I'm communicating with all of you. So that's like the most three-dimensional version of it. But all objects and living things in our entire known universe, including all organs and cells of our body, possess a unique oscillation. So every single thing has like a vibrational signature. In music, this can actually be seen, this, this, this communication, this law of resonance can actually be seen when, and if any of you are instrumentalists, you'll, you'll know this, especially string instrumentalists. In music, this can be seen when an instrument, say a, a guitar is vibrating at the same harmonic of a nearby instrument, let's say, I don't know, a viola, the viola will begin to vibrate at the harmonic shared with the guitar. Even if no one is playing it, it will start oh to goodness. vibrate. How funny. This happens a lot with drummers with cymbals. They'll start to they'll start to vibrate even if no one's no one's playing them. And it's because it's picking up on the the a resonant frequency yeah. that is this that is similar or the same as to it. So when we look at crystals, a crystal has a perfect unchanging structure. It only has one single stable oscillation rate. It only has one frequency. And this frequency is determined by its molecular makeup, its color, its shape, its formation, its size, its inclusions, yada, yada, yada. So to citrines, for instance, even from the same exact mine, will each have their own frequency. 
because they are unique and the frequency. Can I just pause you there? Because this is so cool to think about. So if you've been in our live sales or just in general, if you're into crystals and you realize like you see a bunch of amethyst or a bunch of citrine, whatever it is that Mm -hmm. is being offered at the crystal shop or by the person, but there's one that you're like, that one is mine. I know that one is mine. I don't know why that one's mine, but I need that one. Exactly. You are in resonance <laughs> with a specific a specific one. Yeah. So, I love that. There's actually a science with I, it. There, there literally is <laughs> a science behind so this. <laughs> they don't get it during the live. Wait, that one was supposed to be for me. Okay, continue. So the, <laughs> so the frequency of its atomic oscillation, the frequency with which its atoms are oscillating or vibrating or putting out energy. This energetic vibrational output of the crystal is what determines its individual properties. So these two citrines will have a very similar oscillation rate, right? Its metaphysical properties are are the same, shall we say. Uh, But each is inherently unique, just like us. And so just like you pointed out, that's why we're drawn to one particular piece over another. Now, as living, as living beings, we are not so simple. We are made up of many different oscillation rates. So we have the brain, we've got the heart, every single organ has a different oscillation rate. Every single one of our individual 30 trillion something cells has their own oscillation rate, which is blowing my mind. (laughs) So that means with all these different oscillation rates, our vibration, our energetic output is not stable. We don't have one. We have like 30 trillion, which is beautiful, (laughs) but also makes us each so unique, (laughs) makes us very unique. Um, And also, but that makes us more vulnerable and susceptible to our environment because we are less stable. So if someone is mean to us, right, someone is interacting with us and they're mean to us, our cortisol levels will spike, our heart speeds up, we are constantly adapting to our environment. So an environment that is more peaceful allows allows us to calm down, right? We're 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 always in training. But that's what makes us alive. The fact that we are adapting and reacting to our environment is one of the main things that differentiates something that's alive versus something that's not alive. So it's it's wonderful. But you know, what what happens when you have something unstable near something that is stable? The unstable thing, which is us, will entrain <laughs> to the stable thing. So entraining means to synchronize. So the unstable thing will synchronize, just like those instruments, to the stable item, in this case, the crystals. So and you can actually like Google and, and find a really cool, amazing, amazing videos of, of this. So the instrumental example from before, um, there's lots of videos where you can find these fun experiments where people will have, even from the same instrument, right? They'll have two different notes playing from two different, um, two different instruments, and they will entrain to each other if they are similar enough. So if they're like totally different, it won't happen. But if they're pretty similar, if one is slightly flat and one is slightly sharp, they'll actually entrain to each other because they are the same in terms of frequency uh, stabilization. So what that means is 
crystal healing works the same way. So our energetic frequencies, which are beautiful and and chaotic as they can be, they synchronize to the more stable crystalline frequency that they are most similar to. So for instance, if I'm working with a throat chakra stone, the frequencies of my throat, of the vocal cords of the cells within the the throat, the vibrational output of the throat is more similar to, let's say, blue crystals or to crystals that metaphysically have been shown to aid the throat. So what we're doing now is we are entraining this chaotic, beautiful mess to something that is more stable. So a crystal vibrating in our personal energy field through the law of residence can cause us to synchronize, which then creates a larger, more stable vibrational field because when something is more stable, it actually has a larger vibrational field. This is why people who have who are tend to be like more healthier energetically have a larger aura. So when this happens, it's sh- it's been shown to affect the nervous system. Crystals can quite literally calm us down. We are in training to the stability of the crystals. So it can literally calm us down. It can literally raise and stabilize our energetic frequency, which stimulates biochemical biochemical and emotional shifts. That's so amazing. And honestly, I feel like, you know, sorry, I don't no, want to like, interrupt, ta-da. but I'm like, ta-da. <laughs> um, this totally goes in line with, which we'll be talking about a little more in our next episode, which is intuition. But um, for instance, Jillian, yesterday we were having a conversation and she was talking to me about how she was more feeling drawn in these past few months to the pink varieties of carnelian. And what you were going through internally that you didn't realize, but once you found out, mm-hmm. totally makes sense because you had an imbalance <clears throat> internally that externally, without realizing it, you you feel drawn to what's going to naturally help you through the crystals. So exactly because like there is case in point. there is a resonance, and that's the other thing. As I, I hear people, they're like, "I was never drawn to this crystal, but for some reason now I am," and it's like because. You've shifted. Your vibration has shifted. So it is now more in resonance with something that can help you, with something it is similar to and wants to entrain and synchronize to. So, um, like a beautiful song or dance between mm-hmm. us and the crystals. Exactly. I love it. Exactly. That's so cool. All right. Well, now that we have the history, yep. we have the science. Check. How do we today? Like, wh- what does it mean to what work does it mean? with a crystal? What does it mean to work with a crystal? Like, how does that look crystal? in a day-to-day life? Can I give you kind of like how I think of it? I would love that. So I think of it as, which totally resonates with all of the science that you just explained, but how you feel when you're in the presence of a friend that has good vibes. Someone that's, you know, always trying to look on the bright side of things. They are uplifting. They're a good listener. To me, it's literally just being around that person helps you also kind of get on that same wavelength, right? Which totally goes along with the science. Yes. This is just like my little layman's terms of explaining it. But it's so true because if they, if you're around someone who is happier, they have a higher frequency, higher frequencies are more stable. Yeah. So you start to entrain. And this is this is so important when people – it's so easy for us to be affected 
But when, you know, this, this concept of like, if you are shining your light, other people will start to shine theirs. It helps them. It helps them to uplift as well. Mm -hmm. I love that. So for me, how I wanted to explain, quote unquote, working with a crystal is literally just being around it. Just being around the crystal. Jillian's so eloquently just explained, very taking the huge science of it and (laughs) making it like, so I can understand along with you guys. Um, But just being around the crystal. So we're going to get into the different ways, but literally just being around it. So don't get intimidated if you're not into crystals yet or you're kind of in your beginning stages. Don't be intimidated. It's very, very simple. There's so many ways to do it. There isn't a wrong way unless it's something uh, physically harmful to yourself or others. Exactly. But in in majority of senses, whatever way you feel called, do that. Yeah. You are limited by your imagination and the laws of the society you live in. That's basically it. Yeah. So- should we get into or wait, well let me let me ask you too, like yeah. your view on working with crystals and what that means. I I think you said it beautifully. It's it's when I think about working with crystals, I think it's really shifted for me. And I, I know we talked about this in our last episode, but it it feels less to me now like the crystal I am working with a crystal, and it feels more like the crystal is working with me. Mm. Um the crystal that wants to work with me, it is for it is for a purpose, and I just need to be open to what what that is. Yeah. And there's so many different ways to do that, which I think we're about to we're about to dive yeah, into we're about now. To just <laughs> so for <laughs> those of you who are like, how do I work with crystals? Can you give me some ideas? We have many. We and have so this many. Is not, this is not what we're about. You know, the list we're about to go down is not the be all and end all. And in fact, I, I really, really do encourage those of you who are listening to to come in, to come to the Facebook group, to come to um the our, our our Instagram. And I would we would love to hear how you work with crystals because yeah. you can share your ideas. And there may be someone who's like, oh my gosh, I didn't I didn't know that was the I love that idea. I'm gonna do that too. And you know, you're you can gift ways to to utilize crystals and that's yeah. that's very exciting. And just how Jillian said we're each unique. So we're mm-hmm. each going to work with crystals in different ways and then we'll have others that resonate with how we work with it and mm-hmm. then there'll be someone else across the world that's like, "Oh, I I work with it that way too" or however. So mm-hmm. it, and it'd be fun to hear any ideas that we haven't thought of because we've we have a lot, but it'd be fun to hear if there's other ways that you all work mm-hmm. with crystals. So so I'm going to say one of the first ways. I feel like it's kind of the most the one that we've been doing the longest, and by we, as humans, I mean humans <laughs> and hominids, is wearing jewelry. Yes. It's so simple and it's so easy and it's amazing. Um, for me, I don't know about you, but I, when it comes to my jewelry, I tend to pick things that, because I know the metaphysics, I'll choose my bracelets based on the intention for the day. Like today, I want to be more, you know, have a little more self-love and compassion for myself if I've had a little bit of internal dialogue that's been going the wrong way. Or if my back pain is flaring up, I'll choose my amber. So for me, I usually choose based on intention, but it can also go in the exact reverse of just whatever you're drawn to. Mm-hmm. And we, Jillian's already explained the science of, you know, we kind of already gravitate towards what we need. Um, so that's a good way to pick jewelry. How are you, how do you do with your jewelry? 
I would say the same. Uh, yeah. I think I think this is one of those things where it's it's so individual, and you you can change how you do it every single day. It could yeah. be this is what I need, so I'm going to wear this bracelet or I'm going to wear this necklace. But it also could be I feel like wearing this today, and this crystal matches that. Right? Then you're you're not just tuning into like the crystal metaphysics, but you're tuning into the the color. Yeah, right? because colors very much affect us. Because what are colors? Light waves and light frequencies, which we like every other totally type of vibration. Do an episode on that. <laughs> yeah, but but like but just like sound, color affects us because it is a vibrational wave, and we are in resonance or not in resonance with certain colors. So when we are picking crystals based on like the outfit that it matches, you are still utilizing the law of resonance which I think yeah. is really cool. It's so cool. It's like follow follow what lights you up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I would say like that is really great. Um, other, other easy ways to work with crystals is to keep them with you throughout your day. This can be putting them in your purse. I know plenty of you keep your crystals in your bra <laughs> for it. Just make sure you don't accidentally, you know, like drop them when you bend over uh, or like get in your PJs <laughs> for the night. Um, but yeah, keeping keeping crystals close. doesn't have to be jewelry, but keeping crystals close to you. And, and they can, of course, be associated with, again, what you're feeling like you need for the day or what's calling you for the day or for purses. I know plenty of people who keep like a little green aventurine to bring, you know, in their wallet yeah. to like bring in the money, bring in that right. luck and opportunity. Yeah. So that's another way is, is taking yeah, crystals just... along with you. And I think a good way too is, I mean, I'm sure many of you already do this, but because crystals are more widely accepted. I remember when I used to talk about this in the beginning, people were like, I can't put crystals on my desk at work. People are going to think I'm weird. Whereas now I think it's become more common, but even bringing it to the office and yes, do that. And thinking of the intention of it as well. If you want to do that, I mean, by all means, just grab which ones are good for you. Or you can also, I used to always recommend sulfur quartz for people that hmm. have like kind of a toxic environment of those people in their environment that are a little bit to kind of, Kind of help with that, keeping that at your desk, keeping Love those that. bad vibes at, at bay. Um, I've always liked for workplaces, mosaic chalcedony quartz, because it really brings disparate energies into cohesion. So ooh. when you've got a lot of like office personalities, mosaic yeah. chalcedony quartz is really great at like bringing them more into harmony with each together. other. Ooh. So there's less, less of that toxicity and yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, oh, yeah. I love that. Um, we talked about bringing your purse or even putting in your car. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Protection or go ahead. Yep. (laughs) Oh no, no, I'm saying yes. I have (laughs) two very long selenite bars Mm -hmm. underneath the driver's seat and the front passenger seat. Oh, that's genius. Uh, I had, I, gosh, I think it, it was pretty soon after actually I started, it was either right before or like right as I was starting Sage I was in, I think it was like five car accidents within one month. Like, oh my god, my rental cars were getting hit. <laughs> um, and one of them was a hit and run. Like, it was, it was just this whole slew of things. So I started putting selenite. I was like, this is, I'm, d- I'm done with this. Clearly, I'm on the wrong path. So like, I'm switching it up. And then I think, I think, started Sage. Um, but 
I will say, since I have put those selenite bars in my car, mm. no more car accidents. Not one. That's amazing. Which is amazing <laughs> for someone who was living who in five. Los Angeles and had five yeah. in such a short period of time. Right. So totally. that's really great. So keeping protective crystals in your car or crystals that uh, I, I knew someone who had like a little a little mojo bag of crystals and that she kept in the glove box. Um, and she kept them so that way when she was getting out of the car, whatever single thing she was going into, she could pick her little tumble and take it. With oh, her. that's such a great. So it was idea. Like, it was like it was like her little travel backup set that was always in the car with her. Ah, oh, that's genius! Actually, I love that idea. Mm-hmm. See, ideas already. I know <laughs> new things already. Or how about meditating? I know mm-hmm. um, in the crystal world we talk about meditating with crystals, but mm-hmm. what does that really look like? And there's actually different shapes that are great for holding during medica- meditation mm-hmm. to, you know, help with you staying in the moment. There's obviously many crystals that also help with meditation. Um, but just a quick one would, for reference, would be either like a cubic shape, just sitting cross-legged with a cube in your hand. Mm, very stable. Yes. Yes. Stabilizing, grounding. Um, and then also one of the, I think I mentioned, I can't remember if I mentioned on in the first episode, but one of the vendors that I've been purchasing from since the very beginning, he's taught me a lot, but he's amazing. But taking a flame, a crystal flame, if you have one and placing it in between your hands, like in prayer mode Oh, and just kind of either a crystal flame or even um, crystals that are skinnier. So um, tabular quartz or sheet crystals, just having placing them between your hands in like a prayer motion is just so I'm already like, I thinking love about that. It. Like, I have, Ooh. that's such a good <laughs> idea. I'm going to do that. Okay. I, know um, <laughs> I know when I've been meditating, it just, it just depends, but usually I'll stick with something polished that feels good in the hand. Like, yeah. uh, you know, palm stones are great go <laughs> Go to spheres. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, specimens, I usually try to stay away from just because I'm afraid I'm going to zone out and drop them. Yes. I was just going to say zone out and drop them. <laughs> uh, so those, those I'll have like oh, in front of me or around me or next to me. Yeah. But I love it. I think with meditations, it can be anything. I mean, again, it's like, it's like, there's so many different ways to meditate, right? You can have a walking meditation in the forest and have a crystal that helps you connect with Gaia energy, yeah. uh, you know, like, like the, those the fairy spud- frost crystals, those fairy frost crystals and the, <laughs> like the, the star, the star Sputnik aragonites or, um, Ooh. a little, a little green, a very tiny green apophyllite. You know, there's there's plenty Loving of these crystal these energies. Moss moss agate is probably like a really great kind of like quote unquote basic, easy to easier yeah. to find crystal. Moss yeah. agate, green tree agate. Um, there's and so we'll many. Obviously, dive into meditation yeah. in, a, in, in a others, cool right? Way. But We're like just a walking raising. a walking meditation, right, to help you connect with what you, with with the with the forest or the desert or wherever wherever you might be. Uh, there's of course like the sitting meditations that can be really short, and you're utilizing crystals to help deepen your meditation or to connect Mm -hmm. to the guides that you want to connect to. You know, there's so many different ways or just a meditation that's like for the crystals. I want to 
be in resonance and connect to this crystal that I am holding. So this is going to be my crystal meditation. Yeah. There's no, I love, I'm loving all these ideas. There's and no, there's yeah. No meditation right could way. be a totally another, which will be another episode that I'm so super many, excited so to many into, episode but... ideas. <laughs> um, and then also crystals for the home. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I'll just give a couple personal ex- examples is the sphere, the sphere, because of its shape, is really good for just emitting energy in all the directions. Whereas mm-hmm. like a tower, obviously through the point is mm-hmm. you're going to have more concentrated energy. So when it comes to spheres, they're really good for filling an entire room with that energy. So for instance, I have rose quartz in my room, even rhodonite, I think would be a lovely one to have in a bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> And same with my living room I have. We talked about green adventuring. I had it at the front door of like, Ooh, bring, bring in, in those bring opportunities. In yes, yes, bring in that money. <laughs> How about you? I'm sure I'm sure we both have crystals all over the home, but yes. a couple you want to so, touch on. So, so many. <laughs> um, you know, I think in, in the home, it really, I guess for me personally, I've got by my bed like in my bedroom I've got unicorn stone which has lots of that lapidolite and uh, pink tourmaline and smoky quartz and <laughs> and clevelandite so we have all that yes. mixed up into that one beautiful into unicorn one magical stone. I know. unicorn I love, stone I love yes. unicorn stone um so I have that near my bed I find it really really calming and peaceful and I often get not often anymore but I I used to get a lot of not nightmares, but like really stressful dreams. And so I use mm. I use the unicorn stone for that a lot. For in my office, I've got lots of creativity crystals, lots of crystals to help with writing, such as sodalite and lapis um, and chrysocolla, since a lot of what my writing, a lot of my writing involves um, emotional expression. Mm-hmm. So what I like about the home is that, again, it's like really being left up to your intuition and your... Mm-hmm your idea of metaphysical properties, your being everyone individually. Yeah, use your imagination. Use your you imagination. Do whatever you want. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> another way that I think is a great to a great way to utilize crystals in the home is that if you ascribe to feng shui, using correlating crystals in the different bagua's in a room. So in the the wealth and the money and the abundance section, you're going to utilize citrine or pyrite, right? So there's there's mm-hmm. all these different ways that you can you can correspond. And what's that. a what's a bagua? So a, a bagua is in feng shui there's two different schools of thought. One is based on direction and one is based on when you enter a room um the the direction within the room. But basically okay. feng shui says that there's different uh, sections of each room. It's like a radial pie. Mm-hmm. And each section of the room is a different corner or, or bagua. And in each of these sections, it has a it has a correlation. So like in your, you know, there's, there's one that's like for family and home and there's one that's for bringing in wealth and abundance. And so each room Perfect. has these different corners. So you, you put your furniture and where you're going to be doing things in such a way that it corresponds with the right bagua to bring in, you know, good energy. Got it. Thank that's you a, for explaining. That's a very <laughs> poor explanation. No, but but just, so we all are yes. on the same page here. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I, I don't. I don't know that much about feng shui. So 
hopefully oh, that helps. Fine. Um, I think another really great way to utilize crystals in the home is on, or it doesn't even have to be in the home, but in, in your sacred space, in your altar. Uh, I have a friend of mine who has this, the most beautiful ofrenda and she has tons of crystals on this ofrenda because she has a different crystal that correlates with every single ancestor that she's that oh, she wow. connects with that's and i think that's so beautiful so she'll have a crystal near like eat during eat like next to each photograph Aww, um, i love that and so utilizing crystals to connect is another way to to use them is like connecting to your ancestors whether it's the the energy really feels aligned with with the particular ancestor or um like i feel like Kunzite feels a lot like my my maternal grandmother Kunzite and mm. rose quartz is just and I think like the Botswana agate I don't know why but like those are the three I just like they really feel like my grandmother <laughs> so using it like <laughs> that to like connect to her energy or yeah. or utilizing crystals that come from your from the locality of like where where your where your ancestors are from, being able to connect to that ancestral, that ancestral Beautiful. land. That's um, such a great suggestion. And I love so that. using that, you know, just in your own, in your own workings or in a sacred space to help you connect, I think is really beautiful. Or if you are trying to bring something in, right. Using, uh, I know on my current altar, I've got like Celestite being able to connect to more like angelic ethereal energies. I've got that amongst other things. Um, <laughs> but again, there's there's no one right way, but you can really easily utilize any crystal that you're you're feeling at the moment to designate a sacred space. I know sometimes a couple times a year I usually will offer um crystal slabs, right? Or plates. So it's like this yeah. thick slab of like rose quartz. And it's like that can be your altar base. You literally can use crystals or a slab of petrified wood to designate the area that is going to be your sacred space. Or in healing spaces using, you know, you usually see like these giant amethyst geodes or, or smaller amethyst geodes, but amethyst is another great way to utilize crystals because they're spiritually elevating, but they're also very protective. So it's helpful for the for the healer as well as for the, you know, the the, the recipient. I love um, another way, which I, I've, I've seen, I feel like we've all seen also like the Instagram and TikTok posts or like just the photos of it. <laughs> baths. Ooh. Crystals and baths. I literally just... had one last night. Oh, you did? It was beautiful. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, good. I need to um, get back into it. I, I, I bought myself a, one of those like wooden things to go across, like a shelf to go across the tub so I can put my books and a candle and some I'm crystals. so jealous. I've always wanted one of those. <laughs> I've never had the right so, tub for it. They, it uh, would, it yeah. would like slip. Yeah. It's a little like Rob was working with it. He's like, just be like, don't put anything too heavy or don't like put any weight, like you trying to lift up out of it, but it should be fine. So I'm like, what do you mean? Crossed. Wait, I want rocks. I want candles. Yeah. I want my yeah. book. All the things. <laughs> All the things. All the things. But when it comes to baths, you can really, you know, either adorn all the way around you mm, with mm -hmm. the crystals. Um, some crystals can even be immersed in water. So, you know, just make sure and do a quick search to make sure that their water, mm -hmm. the water safe. So they won't, you know, 
disintegrate or anything like that over time. Um, But yeah, that's another beautiful way to absorb the crystal energy and also just do a little bit of Mm self-care. You're in water, which is another part of nature, you know, getting your intuition flowing. So it's just a really beautiful way to treat yourself and be around that crystal energy. (laughs) Yes. I love that. Connected to that, I feel is also with that water, that water element is is gem elixirs. And same, same thing. Make sure if when in doubt, use the indirect method, which we're going to go into this again, another episode, but the direct method is where you put the crystals actually in the water. The indirect method is where you put Uh, the water in glass and then have the crystal next to the glass, touching the glass or in a glass within the other glass, which is then in the water, (laughs) (laughs) but indirect, it is not actually touching, touching the water. And so again, just do, do your research, make sure that you're not ingesting something that you really don't want to be ingesting. Uh, Quartz family typically is relatively safe except for tiger's eye. Um, But if you're, if you're like, I just want to start experimenting with this, Clear quartz, rose quartz, amethyst, citrine, green aventurine, those are kind of good ones to start off with that are relatively safe. Yeah. And it might be fun too. Like as you're talking about that, I'm like, ooh, this is a good um, to like try that out if you haven't done gem elixirs yet. Mm -hmm. Like first, obviously research the stone that you're putting in the water, making sure it's water safe and whatnot. But noticing if you feel a difference over time, Mm -hmm. I think that would be beautiful to take note of, but. Yeah, just yet another amazing, fun way to work with crystals. Mm-hmm. It's again, your the possibilities are numerous, Kinda endless, <laughs> endless. Um, yeah. Other other great ways that I know a lot of people use are pendulums. Pendulums don't have to be made from crystal, but they often they often are. So that's a way to mm-hmm. tap, you know, to connect to your intuition to um, get answers for things potentially, and even to do like chakra balancing. So that's a way to use it. Uh, Body layouts is another way to use crystals. Like my throat is, so I'm always going to use my throat as an example. My throat isn't feeling well (laughs) as an, you know, so I'll, I'll lay down and I'll put a blue stone on my throat, right? I am, I'm knowing this is in resonance. So I am purposefully utilizing the crystal to, to help myself and train with it, to become more stable, to become more healthy. Um, divination is another great one. We talked about that. I mean, divination has been going back forever. I was reading an article about uh, ancient Japanese peoples, like uh, cultures would would, would use crystals for divination as well, Mm -hmm. which I think was really cool. That's something that's like often talked about, but I was like, this is is a cool article. Um, So divination and, you know, that could be runes writ like that are, you know, carved onto onto crystals, or that could be, you know, scrying with obsidian. There are so mm. many cultures, especially, especially Those in- conchoidal fractures oh, and obsidian. Oh, talk to me. It's so sexy. <laughs> I love them. But obsidian, <laughs> but yes, definitely. it's obsidian a glass. Like it's this beautiful shadow glass. It's, it's, it's yeah. perfect for, for scrying uh, and mm. has been used as that in Mesoamerica for thousands tens of thousands of years yeah you know what i love doing too is crystal gazing Mm. 
And it's basically, you take like a, a crystal that's raw, that has a lot of conchoidal fractures or so conchoidal fractures. If you don't know what it is, um, it's usually how you see obsidian when it's raw. It has like these ripple looks to it almost. And when you're, it's in the sunshine, it reflects kind of like the top, the glistening um, or the sparkles in like a pond of water. Absolutely beautiful. So fine crystal, if you have a crystal like that, sometimes smoky quartz comes raw like that, but it's still got that clarity where you can gaze in outside in the sunshine. And it's just so not only it's almost for me like a form of meditation because you're just focused on the crystal, the beautiful light within reflecting from the sun. Mm -hmm. And you can also see some shapes and some images pop up. I do that during the live and people are like, oh my gosh, I see this. And I'm like, I see that too. It's like and cloud so, gazing, but for crystals. Totally, totally. Mm -hmm. So that's another fun way to connect with crystals and also kind of zen out as mm -hmm. well. Yeah. I know one of the ways that you use them is you have Oracle card pulls and you always incorporate crystals into that. And yes. uh, I know a number of people who also they'll do instead of using Oracle cards or, or in, in conjunction with Oracle cards, they will, they'll do a crystal pull. So they'll have a bowl of a bunch of tumbles or a bunch of palm oh, stones that's so cool. and they'll pull, you know, close their eyes and they'll feel which one is right. And they'll, they'll pull a, pull a stone and then I either, that. you know, just, intuitively check in with what the the properties are, the message that's trying to be received, or if they're, you know, each to their own, or they're like, I'm going to look this up. And so then they look up what the properties are. And that's, that's another really See, great way oh, to kind I of love do that. Oracle pulls with, <gasps> with crystals. Yeah. I mean, it's just exactly, it's exactly the same exact method, mm -hmm. but with a crystal. I love that. Mm -hmm. Very cool. So yes, so many ideas, so many ways. We want to hear your ways, as we said earlier. Like, let us know if you have any really cool ideas that we haven't heard of. Because there's multiple that Jillian just brought up that I was like, oh, I love that idea. Same, same. <laughs> yeah. So well, we hope you enjoyed this. Yeah, I think that's. I think, I think now that we've just like exhausted ourselves, I want to go. I want to go try some of these ideas. Yeah, let's go do all the things. <laughs> I'm excited. Um, <laughs> So, but yeah, be sure to, to let us know. I'm, I'm really curious to see what other, what other ways there are. I feel like we should make this like database so people can go in and like, yes. look, look, at all this, like look at all of these yeah. ways that we can work with crystals. Get different ideas. And then that can start being the, the intuitive instead of Oracle cards or pooling for a crystal. You just scroll on all the ideas that people have and land on one. And, and like, like, Ooh, this is what I'll do today. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Love it. So I think that just about wraps this episode up. I feel like I have learned so much from this episode. I know, I know yeah. it was relatively, Likewise. I don't know, shallow is not the right word, but like we didn't really plumb the depths of things, but I feel like this really gives someone, whether you're just starting off or whether you've been using crystals for a long time, gives a lot of information on, on the the why and the how and ideas to yeah all the fun new ideas. new ideas to experiment with yeah yeah this has been fun thank you so much for listening you guys and for joining and mm -hmm. yeah this was a blast and if you enjoyed yourself please by all means share with your friends family loved ones mm -hmm. the more the merrier that we can keep building this crystal community mm -hmm. and you can find us yeah. on spotify apple play youtube and at crystallizingconversations.com um be sure to follow us on ig and tiktok at crystallizing conversations and like we said we'd love to know how you work with crystals 
And we'd yes. also love to know what you want to hear us talk about or what we what topics you would like us to explore in future episodes. Yes, I'm very excited to hear that as well. Yeah. We obviously have already a bunch of ideas, but oh my god, I feel <laughs> like every time, as well. every time we talk, we're like, oh, another podcast idea, another episode, another episode, <laughs> years of episodes. We we kind of have here. like the next year, years yeah. worth of ideas already. So yeah. anyway, cool. Thank you for spending time with us, and we will see you next time. And the next episode, our next episode is on intuition. So stay tuned for that one. Mm. I'm excited. It's going to be fun. All right. All right. Bye. Take Have care, a beautiful friends. day. This concludes another episode of Crystallizing Conversations. We are so grateful for every moment you spend with us, whether that's listening in or connecting with like-minded friends in the crystallizing community. To find out how to join, visit us at crystallizingconversations.com, where you can also explore our memberships, which gives you access to bonus episodes, astrological forecasts, behind-the-scenes content, live Q&As, meetups, and more. If this episode resonated with you, you can deepen your exploration through our embodiment journeys, ranging from mini courses to guided meditations to applied practices, all curated to support your embodiment and integration of each episode's topic. Remember, every time you choose to heal and grow, the collective heals and grows with you. Thank you for crystallizing with us.